0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the
0: Paranormal History Academy, the only academy where Brandon and I don't get picked last in dodgeball. I don't know about that. I mean, we have two very athletic people on our team as well.
1: Yeah, Stark does hit the gym very frequently. And uh, let's be
0: honest, we uh, we're not as fit as we used to. Not in the slightest, but at least we do try and hunt ghosts. So we do get some exercise.
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't think it's like Scooby-Doo hunting where we're getting chased through uh, through hallways. Thankfully not.
0: But I am your paranormal researcher, Professor
1: Brandon. And I'm your resident historian, Professor Travis. We have a fun episode this week with tons of Actual first-hand accounts because we actually got to go to the Grand Midway Hotel in Wimber, Pennsylvania.
0: One of the places that is literally a stone throw away from me and honestly one of the coolest places I've ever been.
1: Yeah, it was worth the two-hour drive I had to take to get there. It was just really unique and a really cool experience.
0: And honestly, I don't think I've ever been able to wander a hotel aimlessly with an EVP device, just trying to find something, asking stupid questions.
1: Yeah, it was was really neat. And we'll go into that in a little bit of detail. But first, as normal, we got to go into kind of the history of things here and go into the background of this old, old brothel turned hotel. Now, Western Pennsylvania in the 1800s, was just kind of hitting its boom as industry began to grow in the United States. More specifically in 1880, the town of Winbur was founded because an active coal mine was discovered. It wasn't active at the time, but they found coal in Winbur and decided to open up a coal mine. Now company certain specific ones, I couldn't really dig up the company specifically that was part of this one, but they would buy land and then ship workers in to work the land, you know, work the land, get and start mining for coal. Now, this was no different in Wimber, where they'd be brought in by train. And literally the second you get off at the train station, right on the other side of the railroad tracks, was what is now the Grand Midway Hotel. At the time, it was a bordello or brothel, you know, populated by working girls. Because when you get into the late 1800s, Sin and Vice were kind of the name of the game in a lot of these small mining towns, because you think you have miners that that are there by themselves. They're transient workers. So they work all day. They come back. All they want to do is drink, you know,
0: gamble and go to the bordello for some fun. I mean, it makes sense. Honestly, what else are you thinking about down those mines besides all that stuff? Yeah.
1: Debauchery was kind of rampant in a lot of uh, small and growing towns or fledgling parts of the United States. And there's tons of cool history involved with this place, but it's kind of obscured because Wittenberg is such a small town that there wasn't a lot of directly written history about it and about everything that goes on. We do know that it started out as a bordello. We know that it later became, I believe, a sort of diner After the Bordello closed down, I know the Bordello changed owners quite frequently, as is the case with with uh, shady establishments like that. It most recently was a
0: goth themed coffee shop, wasn't it? I believe so. But that that's just one of the weird ones for me is that it's a goth themed coffee shop. Yes, it
1: jumped around and now it's in its own way, kind of like a museum. And it's it's really cool. Uh, it's owned, but now it was bought twenty years ago by American filmmaker Blair Murphy. Now Blair Murphy, he was a very fairly accomplished filmmaker. Uh, he had worked on such movies as RoboCop two, RoboCop three, and a few other little indie ones he's developed himself. We did get to talk with him this past weekend when we were there and he did say he's working on another film, but he was kind of tight lipped about it. So if we find anything else out, you know, Blair, if you're listening, we'll be sure to promote it
0: when, uh, when you're ready. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I don't know what we can say. He said it would something to do with like Shakespeare and that's all we got. Yeah, so yeah, I'm excited.
1: That's, yeah, that's, that's all it is. And I'm a big Shakespeare fan. I, I do like a lot of his works. But there's also a ton of other things that uh, the Grand Midway Hotel now is known for. It actually holds two Guinness World Records, one for uh, the world's largest tarot card and the second for the world's largest Ouija board, which is painted on the roof. Now, I'm sure you've all heard of Ouija boards and I'm sure you all have a a general idea if you've never used one. I know a lot of people like um, Mr. Brandon here are a little shied back from them because uh, what we were there and you just did not <laughs> want to go near those Ouija boards.
0: I didn't care about going near them. It was using you dude. Them. I will never use a Ouija board. And that is my personal beliefs. And when we kind of get into what Ouija boards are and what, why they are the way they are, I'll tell you exactly why I don't believe to use them. Well,
1: it's funny you say that because we are going to go a little bit into the background of the Ouija board here. Just to, to give you guys something to make up for a little bit of the lack of history of Wimber, Pennsylvania and the subsequent buildings thereof. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Ouija board since this place does have one on the roof and it's kind of a big deal. So I don't know if you knew this, Brandon, but Ouija boards themselves were actually first created in the late 1800s.
0: Really? Actually,
1: just about seven years after Winber, Pennsylvania was founded, the Ouija Board was created in eighteen eighty seven in the state of Ohio and then was patented in eighteen ninety by a uh,
0: mr. Elijah Bond man imagine patenting something that you talk to ghosts that's the weirdest thing that's the weirdest patent you have Well, it was weird because the original
1: depiction of the Ouija board wasn't, it had a, you know, I talked about how you can communicate with spirits, but it also was kind of a, you delving into your own subconscious kind of thing. There's also a way to, to kind of delve into your deeper thoughts. Uh, the spiritualist movement was, was around in the United States at this time for quite a few dec- decades. And, uh, actually came over from europe in about what 1834 just before the civil war
0: huh so you know your husband or son are going out to die in the civil war you kind of want to communicate them
1: yeah i mean do you think maybe there was some uh union soldiers in gettysburg that are like dying and they're like this place is going to be super haunted one day it, it just marked my words your people are going to ghost on here if and they I wonder, even
0: knew what ghost hunting was at the time, I
1: could probably picture that. Spiritualism was alive and well during the civil war. So who knows, you know, people were trying to communicate with spirits, you know, it I like before.
0: I like to picture like an old school Zach Bagans who has like a lantern. And it's like, okay, guys, we're going to go ghost hunting here. Yeah. Old, old prospector Zach. I, I could see it.
1: But yeah. So it was patented in 1890. I believe the patent finally, you know, was finalized in uh, 1891. And funny enough for the U S patent office to sign off on this patent, Elijah bond had to go in and actually prove that this Ouija board worked and the U S patent office corroborated and said, yeah, yeah, this works. They signed off on it and it became patented. So you do have a government entity confirming that Ouija boards exist
0: or that they work. I mean, I guess so, but even still, you do have the idiomotor ideo, response going on. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's where your body makes micro movements that you really can't feel or detect. So that is something that does happen with the Ouija board and also the wanting to talk to the dead. So you're kind of you're kind of making yourself see what you're doing. So what you're telling me is there's more of a subconscious aspect to this than
1: Maybe so much, yeah, a, a supernatural phenomena. Now not I'm not to say s- that we're discounting, you know, any supernatural occurrences any of you may have had. Oh goodness, no,
0: not by a long shot. It's just that we wouldn't there- be much of a paranormal podcast now, would we? No, we wouldn't. But there is some science behind it that does kind of explain certain things. And it, it it still is spooky. It's still freaky. You have someone. You have the board spell out someone's mother's name, and it's still weird.
1: Yeah, it, it's still kind of odd. But fun fact: the Ouija board may have been that we know it today may have been made in 1886. I apologize. I had to go back. Uh, the years 1886. It was first uh, kind of shown and used, not 1887, but the actual use of like devices like uh, what they called automatic writing or what was known in China as Fuji dates all the way back to 1100 AD in China. So we actually have hundreds of years of similar usage as a Ouija board, except it was more of a, like a pendulum hung from the ceiling that would write. So, but it's kind of cool to know that, similar things have been used throughout history.
0: That does kind of speak, I guess, of validity towards this possibly being something paranormal then.
1: Yeah, it was uh, in 1100 AD in China. It was kind of a thing in the Song dynasty. Like I said, they called it Fuji. It was used, believed to be used as a primary means of necromancy <laughs> until it was forbidden by the Qing dynasty. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be raising the dead. That's kind of bad. Yeah, that's probably why uh people don't speak in
0: Latin anymore because they just casually summon things. Now, where the kind of paranormal side comes to the Ouija board is you don't know who you're talking to. It could be the very lovely Miss Sarah who takes cookies all day and is the awesomest ghost ever. Or you can have Beelzebub the ninth layer demon of hell and you don't know which one you're talking to, but they're both Sarah. So I good mean, luck, dude.
1: I mean, as long as they can, they can give me some really cool rice crispy recipes. I'm not going to
0: complain. Yeah, but you don't want the demon to be with you forever. And that's where I kind of shy away from Ouija boards. I, I mean, may be a paranormal investigator, a paranormal researcher, but I'm not going to sit there and intentionally try and get Followed by demons for the rest of my life. Again, if they make good Rice Krispies,
1: I'm not going to complain.
0: You and Rice Krispies, man.
1: I like what me is- some Rice crispy treats. Leave me alone. That you know, Attacking me for my
0: snack preference. That is one of the biggest things that keeps happening throughout the series is you keep mentioning Rice Krispie treats. It, it's my go-to snack, man. Next time we go on a ghost hunt, I'm going to bring Rice crispy treats just for you. I'll bring
1: some. You know what? what ghost doesn't like rice krispies that's that's how we're going to get some more stuff out of the grand midway when we go back is uh we're going to bring some freshly baked rice krispie treats
0: now going into some of the ghosts we're actually going to talk about some of the ghosts of the grand midway and kind of go into our experiences as well but first we have to start in the basement where a kind of sad story happened and multiple psychics have been into the grand midway and for some reason, they keep saying that there is a body buried in the basement and is a child, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks, honestly. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of depressing. It is. And multiple people have said that they see a little girl running around the hotel. They see just weird stuff kind of happening with a little girl. They've caught a little girl crying on EVP. And my weirdest one, a she's more responding to women. And she's been known to get into bed and cuddle up next to the woman while they're in bed, just sleeping. Oh, that's not creepy.
1: That, that's kind of adorable.
0: It's adorable. Just wants, just wants to cuddle
1: up next to someone. I mean, if I was laying in bed and there's just what is this random child doing here?
0: I would probably lose my mind. But I would be questioning the owner. Why was there a child in my room last night? And please what kind don't. of business are you running? Exactly. but. Then they started. Then one psychic like, came in and said, "Actually, there's not one body bird in the basement. There's two, and supposedly, like one of the working gals was killed or strangled a little bit too hard. Like she liked it rough, but this guy actually killed her. Ooh! So he was one of the fair suppo- warning, all you BDSM fans. <laughs> fair warning, indeed. Practice safe bondage. Supposedly." He was one of the higher ranking members in the city council. So like they couldn't have him ruin his reputation and they ended up burying her, burying her in the basement. Now, poor, poor, how believable that is. If that actually happened, who's to say it still sucks. And they do have EVPs where they could hear a mother singing to her child and the child crying in the background. That that's freaky. It It is freaky. It's weird. I don't know why it's there. Then we kind of moved to the Titanic bar. And this is one of the first things that you will see when you walk into the place. And there was a mysterious kind of murder that happened in 1949. A man was killed behind the bar. It was over some weird stuff going on. There was like, I think, bad meat sold. Well, actually, a- I can answer this. So oh.
1: back in those years, in a lot of towns, meat was rationed because there was actually a, a shortage. You know, uh, there was droughts going on, especially in Western PA. So uh, livestock you know, was dying off. They didn't have enough meat to go around. So they rationed it. So you can only eat meat on the days that they rationed it. Oh. And there are actually two individuals in this bar that were selling meat on one of the days you couldn't. You couldn't eat it. And a uh, police officer, I guess, had walked in and caught them. And he was going to arrest them when they jumped him. They beat him very severely and threw him out the back door where he was run over by a taxi cab. So, yeah, that stuff kind of happens. Yeah. So just, yeah, again, that's that was a big thing. Then was
0: was uh, you'd get arrested for violating the uh, the meat ration, which, you know. Funny enough, that's actually one of the biggest places that ghost hunters it, back in that little area where the behind the bar is you get a lot of EVPs and just ghost hunters get stuff back there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but we even uh, may
0: have gotten something there. It, it was definitely something. And if you guys really want to know what we're talking about, do check out our Facebook and our Instagram at the Paranormal History Academy. You can see the pictures. They're pretty cool. Uh, moving upstairs, though, we go to the hallway where room 12 is, the canopy room and pretty much all the rooms that you can really stay in. That had the hallway itself is kind of weird. There is a butler style ghost, I guess they call him the ghost butler. Pretty much. Was it the and, candlestick that got him? I think so. Or the iron but, pipe. <laughs> he's so weird because he likes to kind of see what's going on. He when a psychic had entered the building once, she said, this guy is in my face and he's just really wanting to know what I'm doing. He is a lighthearted, likes to mess around, have some fun type of ghost. He doesn't seem malicious, but he's just been a guy who walks around. One ghost hunting crew was in there and they're kind of getting ready to set stuff up. And a man walked past him going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in your way. Well, they turn around and ask the owner, hey, who is that? That's kind of weird. He goes, there's nobody in there. No one should have been in there. I don't know what you're talking about. Investigation done. Pretty much like, okay, cool. We just got freaking evidence right out the gate. That would have been kind of cool if that happened to us, though. Yeah, that would have been pretty amazing. Now, the weirdest one was part of the owner's story and like talking about what all happened. and. It was in the mermaid room, which is where we actually caught a little bit of evidence. We'll get into that in a bit as well. The there was a woman staying there and she was like, ah, you know, he's kind of weird, but he's nothing of it. Supposedly her and the butler ghost had sex. In a dream. In a dream. In a dream, which is weird. That that's a very weird one. I kind of wanted to add it because it's just weird.
1: Kudos to that lady for admitting like, yeah, yeah. I had a wet dream about this ghost in this building.
0: I guess, but that's just a weird one. Honestly, that's like a right turn out of nowhere. It was when they told us about it. I'm like, that is out of left field.
1: That is really what is going on in your psyche to be uh, to be dreaming about that.
0: But next, we kind of go into the canopy room. And this one is kind of sad. Because they're, they don't really have information on her. Because what death isn't sad. Yeah, pretty much. But there was a story that we were told. We don't know how valid it is, so take it with a grain of salt. This woman was a working girl, and she fell in love with somebody. And she didn't understand that it wasn't love. It was just lust. And she ended up committing suicide. Yeah, and I believe they even said she was only 16 years old. Which makes sense, but the ghost that haunts the canopy room is known as the Squid Lana. And she's I want to know like, where they got that name. I I didn't ask them, but like I didn't really understand it. It was just weird. But it's like the ghosts we've had the past two weeks now, and that it's a crawler. It crawls around on the floor, on the ceiling. And notably, this one has thumbs.
1: Oh. That's the distinct difference. But what is it with all the crawlers and creepers? Like, it's like there's know. one
0: for every household. I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand why that's so common. Maybe it's because the afterlife, you can only choose like one thing and you just choose to crawl around.
1: There's only two modes of transportation, <laughs> either crawling
0: or the hell bus. I And guess, no one wants to ride the bus. But this thing has been known to growl at people. It's grabbed people. It actually, if you're staying in the canopy room for the night, it's been known to kind of sit at the edge of the bed and watch you. Which I don't know if it's evil or not, but it's weird. It's creepy. It's, it's still intrusive, I guess. Uh, the canopy room itself is one of the most haunted rooms there is, and we can kind of say firsthand it, it's creepy. Is a creepy room. It is a very
1: creepy room. Mr. Blair Murphy has uh, several, several dolls in there. (laughs) One of them is the actual movie prop of the girl from The Exorcist. And Uh, it is uh,
0: unsettling. I swear, they make it so that way it is creepier than it is. It's supposed to be, too. Then we move upstairs to Martha. And this is a very tragic story happening July 4th, 1911. She was on the balcony, kind of watching the fireworks, you know, as you do. And the fireworks were a lot more fun back then, where you know what, they didn't really care about safety or regulations; they just make big booms happen.
1: It just we're gonna drop this bomb in a pipe and
0: hope it goes right. Pretty much. In this well, case, it did. It did. A piece of metal or whatever the fire the firework mis- malfunctioned. And a piece of metal went through her throat, killing her on the balcony there. Yeah.
1: And in front of the entire population of Windberg.
0: Yeah. So you you can imagine the stories that this hotel already has. Speaking of some of those people's families never moved out of Windberg. It's a small town. You're not going to move out of it. They have even when Blair was talking to us about owning the place. They would sit there and go, oh, that's the place with the horrible tragedy that happened. Like it happened yesterday, pretty much.
1: Yeah, just crazy how word of mouth continues to pass down over generations and it's still
0: fresh. And lastly, we have kind of two ghosts. We have a lot of coal miner ghosts that are around there. There was a story of a psychic leaving flowers for the quote unquote coal miner ghosts. And she went back to California where she was in bed, just kind of sleep. And she woke up and saw a coal miner standing before her saying, thank you. And then just disappearing. Well, at least they were nice. I mean, it followed her home though. To be like, Hey, thanks for the flowers. And yeah. that was it.
1: I don't it's know about weird. you, but a thank you card would have
0: probably been just as fine. I mean, would it been have, would it have been as creepy if it was like a Facebook message saying, Hey, thanks from an unknown person? I'd be more impressed that a coal miner from the early <laughs> 1900s could use Facebook. You know, that's fair. So maybe that makes sense that they did do that. Again, a
1: letter is just as fine.
0: And lastly, we have a ghost that kind of touches to Professor Travis's and I Heart. And that is the Professor Ghost, who. And professors. What's better? Oh, yeah. I mean, not us, Ted, please. I kind of hoped that he was there for our live stream and just judging us, saying you guys aren't real professors, so what the heck are you doing? You're not
1: real. You're not or, really educators.
0: But this guy, he just kind of sits there and watches and sees what's going on. They don't even know who it is. They just know that he stops there frequently and just hangs out. So he's basically the lurker in every single group chat. Pretty much. He doesn't really say anything but he'll read your messages he kind of might share a little chuckle here and there but that's it for the ghosts now we can kind of talk about our investigation travis
1: yes we can there was some really cool and interesting things that we found one of the first things we wanted to note is when we arrived literally this place is right in front of the railroad tracks so you could tell that when workers were brought in by rail That was one of the first places they saw. But the second we got there and we walked through the threshold of the building, there was a severely noticeable temperature drop. And this place doesn't really have AC. Uh, Some rooms had little gas heaters, but it was just a drastic temperature drop.
0: Yeah, like it felt like we were being watched as soon as we entered. Like something was just like inviting us saying, hey, guys, this is what you're going to be dealing with for the night. Yeah, just uh, welcome. We're going to be messing with you. And honestly, they kind of did, but I think they had their own fun with
1: us. I think uh, I want to say if if they were there, they were a bit shy, especially for the first long while of our uh, our time there. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: But the first kind of notable thing that we did was go to the Titanic bar. And we're trying to do a little EVP session there, see if we can get anything. When something happened to you, didn't it, Travis? Yes, it did. So first off, we
1: were over by the corner where uh, they said that there's activity going on. And while I was looking around, we were trying to talk to it like, hey, are you there? Is anybody here with us? Give us a sign. And my flashlight immediately shut off. And Mr. Brandon's here. His was fine. His was working just fine. Mine shut off. I knew it was charged because I charged before I brought it. These were both my flashlights. I wasn't going to buy one. No offense to Mr. Murphy, but I don't buy flashlights or equipment at the location because come on, that's just so they were mine. I knew that they didn't have problems and it was charged just fine. I used it for a couple hours after that and then it did die. So I was like, oh, what the heck is up with that? turned it on, said, can you do it again? It happened again. And then later we came back and again, we were sitting there trying to, to get something. I said, well, if you're here, can you turn my flashlight off again? And on cue, my flashlight turned off.
0: And I think around that time I was snapping pictures cause I was trying to be like, I guess the photographer for the night. And I actually just was kind of just taking pictures randomly where I actually caught what looks like an orb in one of the trees. We kind of went back there. I was like, okay, let's recreate this. Let's see if we can do this. We couldn't.
1: Yeah. We could not try and get it again. Cause we're like, Oh, maybe it's like the light reflecting off of a speck of dust on the camera lens. We couldn't really figure out, like I said, we tried to recreate, we couldn't like, it was just like, okay, what the heck is this? So who
0: knows it's plausible, but not confirmed. And that's kind of going to be the theme of tonight is plausible, not confirmed. Uh, Then we actually go upstairs to the mermaid room where actually that's one of the least haunted rooms of the place.
1: Yeah, it's usually where people go to get away from the creepiness because it's a little more inviting. It's kind of childish in its own way. There's like stuffed fish hanging from the ceiling. I do like the TV room because it's all kind of the creature from black lagoon themed. Except there's no light. for yeah, whatever there's, reason. there's no light. I mean, that just kind of adds to it. I mean, the place is how old They yeah. have electrical
0: outlets in every room, but we go in there and I don't know what brought us to this attention, but we look over and there's a chair in there and it's just in the corner, right near the bed. It doesn't really have a place to be there. No rhyme or reason, but it's there. We looked down and we're like, hey, someone's sitting in that chair.
1: Yeah, you could see the impression in the chair of someone sitting there, like from, you know, their buttocks, if you will, on the cushion and like the divots along the edge of it where your legs would be. And And now that I think about it, you think that may have been the professor?
0: That could have been. He could have been checking to see how we were and who we were. Yeah, he does like to sit there and judge silently. I mean. It was just the weirdest thing because I remember sitting there kind of trying to do a backlog of, did I sit in there? No, I would have remembered sitting in that chair. I don't think Professor Travis sat in that chair. No. And I looked through the footage. No one came in there when we were there and sat in there. Yeah, we did have a camera watching the hallways. And I'm going to say to you guys, the excitement. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything in there. I will be going over it again and again and again to see, but doesn't look like we got anything.
1: Yeah. I also had my camera recording in the canopy room while we were doing the live stream.
0: And it doesn't seem like we got anything on there. But that doesn't mean we didn't catch anything like we said. And the coolest thing was when we went back to this chair, we actually went back in the morning and it looked like it was more inflated, like somebody wasn't sitting in there all night.
1: Yeah, it looked like a a normal chair that no one had sat in. It was even moved from what appeared to be like a couple inches to the right.
0: I actually did post this on our Instagram and Facebook. I think I post on Facebook, but there is. It a was clear- on Facebook. Oh, cool. Awesome. There was a clear line where it was and you can tell that it was moved. It's definitely weird. And I encourage you guys to go check it out and make sure to talk about it too, because we'll read it. and We'll actually kind of tell you about it. Yeah. And disclaimer,
1: we in no way are trying to fabricate any of this. We're not like some uh, ghost hunting shows. We're here for accuracy. We want to give it to you as it is. Like I said, a lot of this we're telling you nothing really happened. Like as I've
0: heard before with a lot of ghost hunting shows, they're quote unquote, making money is off finding a ghost. We're here to give you guys a podcast. So we're not going to be trying to fabricate evidence or anything.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting. Check it out and tell us what you think.
0: I think the last major piece of evidence that I remember kind of seeing, for me at least, we were upstairs where Martha's picture was. And I remember looking over towards the Shakespeare room and taking a picture. And just in the window, you can kind of see a face. I opposed oh, to some faces. I haven't posted this on Facebook yet cuz I still really don't know. But there is like a tiny face that you can see behind one of the leaf one of the leaves and it's kind of cool. But it is that, really interesting. That's all really evidence that I remember. Travis, what's some of the other evidence that you remember? Uh
1: so I know for some reason whatever was there liked me a bit. <laughs> Love to you, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the bald head. They just uh, can't get enough of it. It reminds them of the sun. Maybe I don't, I don't know, but uh, we decided we made our base camp in the dragon room, which I love because it was kind of dungeons and dragons themed. And it was another one of the quote unquote, like safe rooms. Nothing really happens there. So we're like, heck with it. This is our base camp. This is our reset point. So whatever freaky things happened, that's where we're going to go and kind of refresh. Well, we decided uh, for the night, we weren't getting a whole, whole lot. And we're like, you know what? We're going to maybe take like a power nap, go back at it at three in the morning. So we lay down and I'm laying there with, I was wearing two sweatshirts because it was freezing. First off, I want to let you know, we aren't kidding when there were, we say there were temperature drops. We had the gas heater running in that room and the room got fairly warm. The second you crossed the threshold of that room into the hallway, the temperature dropped. You could see your breath.
0: The weirdest thing, too, to add a little caveat to that, it wasn't in one area, too. There were cold spots. Yeah, there were and specific I will, spots. I will testify that there were times that I'd walk out. Like, okay, it's not too bad. Walk five feet and be cold. Walk five more feet and be perfectly fine again. Yeah, I know one
1: that uh, I kept running into was... Right at that picture, that big picture frame between the dragon room and the mermaid room. Yes. That consistent, like sometimes it'd be there, but a lot of time, like a lot of times it'd be there and sometimes
0: it wouldn't. Yeah, it was really weird. And there were no like vents for AC or anything to be running because there was no AC in the building.
1: Yeah, there was no AC. There was some gas heaters. This place had no insulation. It was, it's still the same building. It was from 1880 but we were laying down in that room and I had like my head down with some hoods over, like, like my hood over my eyes. And I woke up to the feeling of someone. It almost felt like they took their hand and ran it across my throat or like their finger or something like something was touching me and running its hand or whatever across my throat. And it kind of freaked me out. Like, like what the heck is happening here? And the only thing I could think of is it has to do with Martha. You know, she had her, you know, her throat cut by a piece of shrapnel. That's all I could think of. I also had one where I was laying down on my back, and it felt like someone was pressing on my throat. And those were just a few of the the little things. Uh, I know in the bed. I know uh, Mr. Brandon also ran into. This. It felt like someone right in the middle was pressing the mattress down, like you could feel it start depressing.
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird, honestly. Like just. Him and I were laying there. I was as close to the wall as can be. First of all, for safety. For And second of all, I don't want to be close to Professor Travis that much. I, I don't like him that much.
1: Oh, man. But, I hurt my feelings.
0: But <laughs> I just remember feeling that there was something just in the middle of the bed. Like, that's that, that's not him. It's not his feet. I don't know what the heck that is.
1: Yeah, my feet aren't that heavy. No, they are not. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience. And like I said, that that dragon room was supposed to be one of like the less things going on.
0: The so, funniest thing was when you woke me up going, hey, there's somebody stomping around in the Shakespeare room as kind of irritating me. Yeah, directly above us. So
1: the owner lives there, but you can hear him because his room was right across the hall from the dragon room where we we're staying. in. you could hear the second he opened his door and walked around the house, like on that floor and w- like went up or down the stairs, you could hear it. And I was awoken to like a single stomp on the floor above us. And I'm like, oh, well maybe, maybe it's the owner just messing with us or something. You know, like I could see him doing that. He, he's nothing against Mr. Murphy, but he, he runs this place. He's got to, he's got to make it worth, you know, worth people's money.
0: He even said that him and his friends used to play pranks on each other because they knew it was haunted and they'd have fun with it. Yeah. I want to blame him for doing stuff like that for a second
1: but I'd sit there and listen and you'd hear no footsteps of like moving around like 20 minutes later, you'd hear another bang like something got slammed or someone stomped on the floor. And I was sitting there like, what if that's him, I dedicate, you know, I I applaud his dedication first off, but then I heard his room open, like the door to his room open and he was walking down the hall. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. He was like, Pretty much the only other person here. What the heck was that? I
0: unfortunately didn't hear that. And I'm kind of sad I didn't. You were sleeping like a baby. I was. I was sleeping like a baby in a haunted
1: house. So, you know. How, what does that say for your psyche? Oh, yeah. Means I'm ready to not deal with that stuff. Yeah. But other than just the overall feel, like, like I said, we were in there. I, I found myself. Anytime I'd wake up, my eyes would gravitate immediately to the window above the door frame. And it's, it was like, uh, why am I looking over here? Why is my attention focused? Is there something over there? But nothing conclusive, nothing concrete. But other than those, like I said, it was real as day. It felt like someone was dragging their fingers across my throat, like completely. Like as I'm doing it now, it was the exact feeling. Oh, that's that's just creepy. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> something wants to hurt me. <laughs>
0: nah, I think they just wanted to kind of let you know what was happening.
1: I, I guess so. And that was our plan. We're like, you know, we're going to go to bed. Maybe that's going to get these things more active because they're like, oh, oh, they're sleeping. We can really mess with that now. But uh, I was a little disappointed with not finding anything in the canopy room. I thought that was where we were going to really find something.
0: Honestly, I think that's why you and I want to go back. And we have kind of hinted that we're going to go back there because we want to catch stuff in the canopy room.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. Maybe next
0: time we'll actually sleep in the canopy room. You can. I'm not. Oh, okay. whatever. Listen, Squidlana can deal with you as she pleases. I will be in the mermaid room cuddling with a little girl, I guess. I don't know. Joke's on you. Me and
1: Squidlana are become best friends. <laughs> and then she's going to mess with you. I'm like, Hey, go mess with him. Mermaid
0: go mess with him. Please. it be funny.
1: And It'll just like be on the ceiling, like a gecko.
0: <laughs> and I guess at this time, we like to say thank you guys for listening to the paranormal history Academy. And please go make sure to look at the Facebook and Instagram at paranormal history Academy. it, has really cool pictures already. We post a lot of stuff, and we're going to keep posting stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, the Paranormal History Society. If you want to join that, uh, it's right through our Facebook page. You can join in on the discussions. We post polls every now and then, different things. You know, we want to hear from you and we want to interact from you. But again, we really appreciate your support, and we appreciate all of you who listen to us in this kind of fledgling
0: first season and be sure to check out next week where we will be talking about the lizzie boarding murders
1: yeah it's going to be interesting we're delving a little bit into true crime here oh yeah it's gonna be fun but yes look forward to that and again thank you all so much and this has been the paranormal history academy hello everyone travis here from the paranormal history academy here to talk to you about our Patreon. If you like our podcast and want to continue to support us, consider becoming a patron. Patron benefits include Discord access, exclusive merch, and much, much more. The Paranormal History Academy Patreon. Support us today.